Hello, hello! Welcome to EDU Inspo, a bilingual podcast centered on inspiring through ideas and topics worth spreading, all about education and leadership. Mi nombre es Flor, and today we will talk about how education plays a role within the law. Here at EDU Inspo, our mission is to learn, apply, and share knowledge. So let's begin! anyone needs is a lawsuit unless you're the one reaping the benefits right but there's a lot that we can learn from lawsuits in the past and educational leaders especially must abide by the language in both the federal constitution and the state constitution so it's important to learn from them let's talk about important and primary topics regarding education and law today we will dive into education as a quote fundamental right one of education's famous cases will be described and also i'll dive into school finances a bit so let's go ahead and begin the united states has a beautiful united states constitution i say it's beautiful because our founding fathers they really wanted to empower us the people They wanted to have a balance between the people and the states. And truth be told, the Constitution may do three things. Lift you up and then bring you back down. Sometimes really hard. And yes, it will limit you. Like a good parent, right? Which is fine. And honestly, this system works for what it's worth. It really does. But I have one teeny tiny complaint. Why in the world did our constitution forget to include details about education? Dios mío, I'm not complaining, but I am. No, This leads me to my first topic up for discussion. The delivery of education and if it is indeed a fundamental right or not. How education is delivered in the U.S. This is una pregunta que mucha gente se está preguntando, ¿no? El sistema de la educación en los Estados Unidos is basically dependent where you live. It's the, it depende de donde vives, en qué estado estás viviendo. Because it's a combination of federal law, state statutes, and attorney general opinions. For example, for example, I live in Arizona, so we as educational leaders must abide um, all of the above, all of the mentioned, and we must also abide by the Arizona Board of Education guidelines and the Arizona Department of Education regulations and our local school board policies. So for the most part, in la mayoría, no? Educación, la educación es un derecho dentro de los estados. For the most part, education is a fundamental right in all states. But surprisingly, hear this. Les sorprenderá en aprender que, escuchen esto, the United States Constitution actually does not guarantee education to everyone. Yep. 
lo diré en español. De acuerdo a la constitución americana, no existe la garantía de educación a todos. So then, excuse me, you might be asking yourself, hmm, pero entonces, how do we have education going on in all states? And most importantly, why do states guarantee education to all? Quote unquote, all, I should say. Let me explain. Déjame les explico. Basically, each state, once upon a time, adopted rules or guidelines because they needed to set a legal structure, right? And that legal structure or those guidelines were to be applied to their own territory, so their own state. And at the end of the Civil War, these states were required to ratify what we know as the 14th Amendment. And what surprises many people is that they were actually threatened. Yeah, los amenazaron. When they ratified their new state constitution, it had to include language guaranteeing education. That if it didn't include language guaranteeing education, they would simply not be permitted in the union. So guess what? They all did. Queriendo no, los obligaron a que incluyeran, eh, que les garantizaran, la, que garantizaran, perdón, la educación a todos. Eh, y, y así lo hicieron y así fue. En otras palabras, en la constitución no existe el derecho, pero en, en cada estado sí existe el derecho para la educación hacia todos. Y por eso... Depende de cada estado y su interpretación a lo que significa educación para todos. Pero es importante saber que no está en la constitución americana. And that's my first point. No, es mi primer punto aquí. Que no existe. And it's important that we all know that there's no language regarding education. Now, let's talk about the most significant case related to education and the topic of education as a, quote, fundamental right. This case is Plyer versus Go from the year of 1975. And you've probably heard of it. Un caso muy hablado en la educación. In Plyer versus Doe, the question, la pregunta era, para responder si Texas había violado the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. So the question of ruling this case was to answer if a Texas law violated the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. Remember, the 14th Amendment, it provides equality, um, equality protection sorry, to all persons, okay? Quote, quote, all persons. So the court ended up ruling that illegal aliens, though not citizens, are people. Surprise! <laughs> Ay, Dios mío. Let me continue. The court agreed in principle that it was unwise for undocumented immigrant children to be denied a public education. O sea, que hubo un tiempo en Texas donde peleaban que por ser mojado no tienes el derecho de gastar los fondos y ser educado. Los fondos del Estado, ¿no? Y ser educado. No manches. I will continue. Texas in 1982. Yes. En 1982, Texas 
was severely disadvantaging their children, as in illegal alien children, the children of illegal aliens, by denying them the right to an education. But in the courtroom, Texas could not prove that the regulation that they were implementing was needed to serve a, quote, compelling state interest. And therefore, the court struck down the law. And as a result, como resultado, the school district state funds, sorry, the school district now provides state funds for educating children of illegal aliens. And not only that, but it's granted. It's, it's guaranteed, no? Bueno, that's a lot. That is a lot. Pero hay más. I really wanted to add that Justice Brennan, the judge, um, for this case stated the following the right to an education has not been defined as fundamental it is a right approaching fundamental I'll repeat that it is a right approaching fundamental or that they mean they say this because it's not in the con he said this sorry because it's not in the constitution He also said, <clears throat> and children who do not receive an education due to a trait outside of their control, like being illegal, will suffer from illiteracy and associated stigmas, resulting in a net burden on society. That's intense. So basically, the court granted this case to the unnamed illegal child. So he or she and the rest like him or her could not be a net burden to society. Okay. Qué bueno que pasó, pero wow. Como, ouch. No? Bueno. So thanks to cases like this, like in Texas, Arizona also has um, Article 11, which offers public education programs to all ages, 6 through 21, see, that guarantees the rights of all. Of all those children from 6 to 21 within that age group who are currently living in this beautiful desert territory to a system of public education. Webbag or no? So, en otras palabras, yo vivo en Arizona y en Arizona tenemos artículo 11 que ofrece la educación pública o los programas de educación para todos los niños de las edades 6 a 21 y les garantizamos el derecho a la educación a todos los niños, sean mojados, inmigrantes o no, el derecho al sistema público. Y lo bonito de esto es que tenemos opciones también. Tenemos la opción de la educación pública y lo que le llaman charter school, ¿no? Both public schools and charter schools. We have options as well, which I think is a beautiful thing. Now, this, if you ask me, is what makes this country so rich and diverse, okay? I love this country because of the opportunities it gives us. So I am really big on learning from our mistakes. And I believe that the U.S. learned from this setback. No? Bueno, okay, last topic. Let's talk about school finance. I want to talk about school funding because I think it's an example of education and law. 
And it's also a good example of a limitation. Let's begin. According to an article called School Desegregation in Arizona from the year of 2017, Arizona, once upon a time, in the year of 1983, enacted a law that allowed school districts under court order to raise local funds for a limited amount of time in order to meet desegregation costs outside the revenue control limit. I think this was great. No, eh, eh, tenía la idea, tenían la idea para poder hacer cambios dentro de lo que el Estado puede gastar para poder dar lo más que pudieran. Que es, es, es beautiful, no, it's great. Pero, if you ask me, it had one too many restrictions and it made funding really hard. And up to this day, funding is, is, is complicated, it's difficult. Let me give you the example. It must have been, well, it had to have been, educationally justifiable, okay? It must result in educate, it must result in, I'm sorry. Sorry guys, I dropped my pen here. So I was saying that it had to have been educational justifiable it needed to result in equal educational opportunities, which is great, but it also needed to promote systemic systemic and organizational changes within the district. And it also needed to align with the Arizona academic standards. And it also needed to accomplish specific actions to remediate the violation. And it also needed to be in accordance with the plan and the school district, no? Which then the school district would submit to the Arizona Department of Education. Now, all of these things that they are fighting for here are great, but it does make the process really complicated. Like it has good intentions, but it's very complicated for us to get these funds. So, para poder pedir más dinero, Para los fondos escolares tenemos que comprobar una lista muy detallada que en mi opinión, perdón, hace el proceso demasiado complicado. Por eso, por esto mismo, los distritos terminan pidiéndole a la, comuni a la comunidad, ¿no? Pidiéndoles un porcentaje de sus tarifas porque la verdad viene siendo más fácil que ayuden los padres de la comunidad a que el Estado suelte el dinero. Pero la pregunta viene siendo, ¿qué hacemos si nuestra comunidad apenas puede? Apenas puede con los gastos, ¿no? Hay, hay muchos padres que tienen dos trabajos que apenas pueden con, bueno, con los gastos de su vida personal. Y más con el hecho de que la educación may or may not be a fundamental right, o sea, que sea o no sea un derecho porque se le olvidaron a incluirlo en la constitución. Esto se viene creando, esto viene creando mucha controversia, ¿no? Y también muchos atrasos en la comunidad, muchos atrasos en el en la educación. But that's exactly my point. We have little to nada backing up our communities that are in need, ¿no? And many argue back and forth. Que es 
un local or state issue, que es un federal government issue. That is one or the other. That's either local or either state or federal. No, otros dicen es local and state and not federal. Bueno, pues my overall interpretation is this. It's very clear. It's very clear that education and law are tied. But it's also very clear that it's lacking both equality, but most importantly, equity. Equity. Especially in the finance aspect, but also in the delineation as a right, as education as a fundamental right. And what do I mean by equity? To me, equity in education is the fair delivery of education to all, but especially those in need. I'll repeat that. Equity in education is the fair delivery of quality education to all, but especially those in need. Equity is when every single child receives quality education regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of demographic or geographic differences. Now, according to John Kahn, a Texan superintendent, some groups within the same community may have a greater need than others due to socioeconomic statuses, which is exactly what I'm referring to. So he posted, or sorry, he was giving a conference in the year of 2018. And in his video, he mentioned that there was a 7 million difference, that he found that there was a 7 million difference per year amongst two different districts that he knew about. So in one district, there were parents who made $176,000 a year. And in another district, there were parents who were making $34,000 a year. And you could see the difference in terms of resources. And that's exactly what I'm referring to, guys. This is where equity would play a part if it existed in finance and education. Because it would focus on eliminating those differences between the districts. You know? The focus wouldn't be whether or not you know we can it will focus on eliminating those differences you no know? whether you can or not it we will provide that's that's what i believe we should strive for and guys like those districts there are so many others going through the same or worse scenarios so in conclusion yes it can be ambiguous when it comes to the constitution Yes, finances regarding education seem to be swept under the rug. But you know what, guys? One way, one way to promote equity and the quality of education to all is to promote, here's the word, accountability. If we do what we can to promote equity, if we do what we can to promote accountability, because yes, I believe we're all accountable, then we are well on our way, honestly. Because, come on, it's, it's all of us. It's yes, it's local. Yes, it's the state. And yes, it's the federal government. Apenas así, apenas así we can strive for a better tomorrow, guys. 
Bueno, espero que les haya gustado este segmento, este segmento perdón, breve sobre temas, bueno, delicados, ¿sí? Y complicados, descritos de la manera más amable y simple. Alright, guys, that's food for thought. I hope you guys have a beautiful day. Adiós.